And welcome to Monday Night Live on Woo! the Kogito Ergo Oro podcast. Um, tonight and every edition of Monday Night Live is going to be our general sports roundup going forward. So we got all, all four of us in, in the in the crowd tonight. Uh, we'll 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 decide to fly in for the for the pod. So thank you to Will. Yep, thanks for showing up, Will. Um, yeah, well, it'll be pretty pretty quick episode tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll do a quick roundup on on the important topics that uh, you need to know about uh, from this past weekend. So the first of them is uh, just a quick quick analysis, quick hit analysis about the Iowa basketball game from tonight versus the Illinois Fighting Illini. Um, Hawks end up falling by four at home after a a very competitive game. Uh, Keegan Murray kind of erupted late. Uh, eventually at one point scored eight points in just over 50 seconds. Um, the bench unit for the Hawks uh, went on a 21 to two run at one point in the first half, but yeah, Kofi Coburn and the Illini absolutely dominated on the boards. Uh, and that was really the difference, even though they were um, the, the Iowa press really gave Illinois fits for a lot of the game. Um, yeah. The, the difference down low with, Kofi Coburn in particular really ended up being, uh, yeah, what, what put the, the Illini over the top, also in addition to some really big-time shots hit by uh, a number of different players. So, yeah, good game. Any any quick thoughts for from those who watched it? Josh Unile needs more playing time. Absolutely. Totally agree. I was saying that Taylor's here. She can attest to it. It's that true. I mentioned it. Uh especially in a matchup like that against Kofi. Uh, I think you got to get the big, big beef in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, they put a Gundelay in on one defensive possession and he promptly blocked Kofi mm-hmm. um, on the very first possession. Yeah. I'll contribute so that Jake knows I listen to him yes. when he tells me about sports. So putting Josh Gundelay in is a good idea because he's big. And Kofi Coburn was just kind of taking it to our guys down low for a long time. They weren't really doing much. But yep. when Josh Gundelay goes in against him, he has someone he actually has to work around. And even if Josh Agu- or yeah, if even if Josh Gundelay fouls him, Kofi Coburn's not a very good foul shooter or three free throw shooter, yes. foul shooter. Yep. So that kind of a, kind of a, kind of a yeah, I was going to say that's so, kind of kind of a boomer way to say free throws. He's a good foul shooter. Oh, I am the closest to a boomer out of any of That's us. That's true. We're going to use the word boomer a lot. Uh, we have. Some yeah. of us have been. Yeah, at least one-fourth of the pod. At least mostly one-fourth of a pod, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, boomer. But, yeah, so Something put him in say. against the big boy down low. Yep. Have him just go in and wreak havoc. Yep. If he fouls out. If he dies, he dies. Um, so, yes, you know, thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that analysis. Yeah. I think Iowa's a good team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a good game. Illinois, like, obviously, there are things that Iowa could have done better, and there are things I'm sure Illinois could have done better, you know, on their end. And uh, ultimately, I just think it was a good game, and Illinois came out on top. But uh, I think it goes to show, yeah, Iowa's a legitimately good team. And it's not that they just kind of got lucky to be close against Purdue. Uh, I think they're they're a legitimately good team that could challenge for, uh, 
you know, a top four finish in the Big Ten for sure this year. So, yeah. Anyone have any more thoughts before we move on? Not really. All right. Moving on. Uh, there was a football game this weekend that the um, Iowa Hawkeyes were invited to, but I don't think they showed up, so I don't think we have to talk about yeah, it I don't, for very long. I actually don't think they played the Big Ten Championship. I think that either somehow I repressed all of it due to the severe pain and suffering it caused me, or they just didn't play it. Uh, you can I'm make a pretty... choosing to have no recollection of any championship. You can definitely make a very game. strong argument that they didn't play. Yeah. Um, One team didn't. Yeah. So... <sighs> Yeah, that was rough. We what did we start watching instead? Halfway um, through, we got tired of it. We put something else on. We started playing Minecraft. We started playing Minecraft. That's what we did. So. And I never do that, so it's pretty bad when you get me to like tune out of mm-hmm. like any really any Iowa sporting event yeah. for like and like stop watching just period. Mm-hmm. And especially in a game of that magnitude, you've got to be doing something pretty bad. But. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you guys uh, in Iowa City, their boots on the ground. Uh, what's the What's the temperature on campus? Today it was very cool, but that was just because it was cold outside. Um, but cold I don't. Not a lot of people were super happy walking around today. So yeah, hmm. I think I think it's mostly worn off. Yeah, we kept like saying we're just happy to be here mm-hmm. all week, and then and then it and then we, it, we lost forty two to three, and I was like, okay, maybe I was expecting a little bit more than just being happy to be there. <laughs> but no longer happy to be there. Yeah, um, but happy to be in the Citrus Bowl. Citrus Bowl versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, Raw. I think it'll be a good game. I think it's a pretty good matchup. We'll have a we'll have a full bowl preview show uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, but yeah, for the time being, your uh, Big Ten runner up, Woo! Uh, Ohio State, confidently oh. the third best. No, no, confidently the third best team. Oh, in the Big okay, Ten. okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, the your second best team in the Big Ten, Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, oh. are going to the Citrus Bowl. Uh, yeah, another Florida January 1st game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we played more games there on that day than in any other Big Ten stadium over the last 10 years. I'm almost sure of it. Crazy. Yeah. So do you think the Big Ten East is going to eventually get mad enough that they have all the good teams and then one of the big, the big 10 runner up will always be someone like so, Iowa so, or Northwestern. Well, okay, and so just gonna start their own conference. yeah, people say that. Um, but the hard thing is they'd either just have to get rid of divisions, true, period, which I think is probably the most likely because if they yeah. just moved a team over into the other division, right? Ohio State and Michigan kind of have to be in the same division because they have right. to play each other every year, yeah, because of how big their rivalry is. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, I don't know, like Ohio, like I, I guess you could move Penn State over, but if you move Penn State over, does that really change a lot over who's been winning it the last several years? No, uh, it's 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 pretty much whichever one Ohio State's in is going to win a lot of them. Yeah. 
So I think it's, I think it's, I mean, clearly the big 10 East is stronger than the big 10 West. And like, it was like miles better this year. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's always, I I think it's been a little overblown in some years where Mm -hmm. it's like, I think Wisconsin is, as, has been as good or better than like everyone yeah. besides Ohio State in the East. Right. Iowa has been like just as good as everyone besides Ohio State in the East. So like if you just flip flopped Ohio State and any team in the Big Ten West, it would be pretty much mirror images like of what it would be. You you would look at the other one the exact same way right. that you'd look at the Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. Like historically, the three strongest programs in the Big Ten are in the Big Ten East, which is right. kind of a an unfortunate or kind of a weird unbalanced way to schedule to stagger it Mm -hmm. because you know you have Michigan Penn State and Ohio State on the same side Mm -hmm. so ultimately I think what they'll do is they'll just get rid of divisions and then you'll just play a normal schedule and then whoever has the two best records gets to go right um which I'm sure that there won't be any years where somebody has a really easy schedule and they have Mm -hmm. a really good looking record Mm -hmm. and that another team like a Michigan or a Penn State has a really hard schedule and they're one game back from that, you know, Mm -hmm. an Iowa team. That's the worst 10 and two team since this year's 10 and two team, (laughs) um, keeping them out of the championship. So I I don't know. There's no, there's no perfect way to do it unless you have everybody play everybody else. Um, and yeah, and that's not going to happen when you have 14 teams in a conference. Right. So Mm -hmm. we could get rid of Rutgers and Maryland. Exactly. And Nebraska too. And Nebraska. Nebraska it's kind of fun to beat Nebraska every year, though. It hasn't really been fun the last few years. Honestly. You're right. Um, this year, this year's Iowa season, like people are like, "Oh, you should be happy that they won ten games." It's like the most hollow ten win season of all time. Yeah. So I, I just don't think like ever since the Penn State game, really, I don't I have not felt good about any of Iowa's performances mm-hmm. since that game, mm-hmm. um, even though they won most of those games. So, yeah, we'll see how the bowl game goes, though, it is, it, you know, perspective. This is the last thing I'll say about it. we'll move on after this, like perspective. It this is a fairly young team in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. obviously, like if we lose Linderbaum, like that's our best offensive player, right? There's a decent chance we'll lose some impact defensive guys. Mm-hmm. It depends on how many of them leave. Like yeah. we'll lose Van Valkenburg. Other than that, I don't know if there's like a lock that any real major player that um, stands out is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we brought back a vast majority of the guys who could leave, mm-hmm. I think next year's team is kind of, and I even thought this at the beginning of this year, that we might've been sort of a year ahead in terms of our contention and that next year is more of the team that's going to stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's hard to be optimistic Mm -hmm. when you saw how anemic the offense was. Yeah. um, That they're going to turn that around in a year because it's been that way for probably 15 of the 20 Kirk Ferentz years Mm -hmm. recently. So anyways, Hopefully, the, but if they win the bowl game, I'm all the way back in. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, moving out of that, you know, other conference championship games this weekend. You know, the most relevant one, Alabama's yeah. kind of manhandling of Georgia. Um, both of those teams end up making it to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wolverines, who beat a certain team that was just happy to be there. Um, also made it. And then the fourth team, group of five, Cincinnati, 
is in mm-hmm. as a four seed. What does everyone think of that? I'm excited. Wait. Everybody, anybody what? have any, any any arguments about the their inclusion? The no. I think I don't think they're the ones that I'm disappointed about getting in. No, I think I uh, yeah, and I totally agree. I think like I I was pretty obviously we had a discussion earlier and I was pretty outspoken about it, but I think it played out almost perfectly for mm-hmm. them. And I just there's no argument against them being in at yeah. this point. Uh, the only team that isn't in the field that I would that you could theoretically argue could be in is Notre Dame, and they literally beat Notre Dame earlier this mm-hmm. year. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, ultimately, I think the underrated game of the year that really is a big effect like has a big effect that just kind of came out of nowhere is the Baylor dropping that dumb game against TCU mm. um they, they they don't drop that game out of nowhere they're in the playoff and they're a good team so they I, yeah they're that's that's got to be that's gonna I'm sure that's gonna grind some Baylor fans I mean that's that's gonna be nagging them for right. probably years going forward yeah. just thinking about the fact that if they would have just be a bad TCU team they would have definitely been in the playoff this mm-hmm. year I, I i think they would they would have been in the playoff this year but and if we would have just be a bad purdue team we would have no. been number one overall i you know, honestly maybe if we if, if we would have beat that purdue team we would have actually been a good team this year yeah and so we probably would have beat wisconsin the next week too right we would have been feeling up on things wait yeah but uh, but we are no, 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 wrong, we wrong Big Ten team. Would have been feeling good about our state. We're not Penn State. We've been feeling good about our prospects. That that sounds better. Let's yeah. go with that. What's what's our next topic? Uh, next topic, uh, I'm just really quick. Obviously, the NFL happened right now. The Patriots are playing the Bills mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football in an 11-7 to game. Josh Allen's got a wide open Stefan Diggs and he dropped it. Oh, Stefan Diggs is on my fantasy team. He dropped a touchdown right in his hands. No one cares about my fantasy team. Overrated. Oh my goodness. Is he not even the best receiver on the Bills? Doesn't matter. I'm still winning. Signed off in the comments. Um, So, yeah. uh, Relevant NFL news. Uh, The Bears are still terrible. Um, Andy Dalton proving all the people who said that. The Bears would probably be 500 or better if Andy had been the starter all year. Uh, really, you know, proving the haters of that assertion wrong by throwing one touchdown and four – or, sorry, two touchdowns and four picks yesterday. So, mm-hmm. well, at least our third-round pick looks better. Yeah. So, third round. Moving on from there, in Chicago sports news, uh, the Bulls. Real good. Yeah, beat the Nets. Now one half game out of – uh the first place behind you know the nets have one more game to play but right and the nets they're a they're a power team right they are what do do you call that there's like a super team super team power team power team power well-known i don't know if they're a super team at this point i think the bulls are closer to a super team at this point yeah um and then the current the current update bulls 98 the Denver Nuggets 83 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So the Bulls are rolling. Uh, print the shirts yet again. Josh Allen just embarrassed a man with a stiff arm. Wow. And then got yeeted out of bounds. Wow. Anyway. We're watching the NFL for the first time this, this weekend. weekend. So. We didn't watch any NFL yesterday. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I just. We're kind of busy. I watched some of their team. 
good. Cool. Yeah, I just the NFL just isn't really exciting me this year. No, kind of boring. I'll get I'll get maybe more into it once the other sports kind of start mm-hmm. winding down, aka F one. Maybe when the Super Bowl comes around. Oh, okay. but yeah, right now we got you know F one. There's only one more week. I know. Oh, oh I'll talk yeah. about it more in the F one minute. Well, might as well start the F one minute right now. Okay, F one minute. Way to way to assert yourself. Vroom. That's the sound of a car driving in for your F one minute. This week, the drivers went to Saudi Arabia for the first ever street race in Jeddah. And it was a a mess. It was awful. Let me elaborate. It's a very tight track and there's essentially no shoulder. A lot of tracks have kind of what they call a gravel trap um, on the edges. If you go out of bounds, you know, that way you don't just ram straight into a wall and wreck your car and the wall maybe your organs you know life just goes on not here not in saudi arabia it's it was very tight track there were a lot of corners it 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 was it was a mess take my word for it anyway qualifying You've heard it before. Hamilton and Bottas for the Mercedes qualified one and two. Max Verstappen was out on his flying lap, set the fastest time in the first two sectors. There are three sectors. He was on pace to have the fastest lap and then take the number one spot for qualifying. And then on corner 26 out of 27, he was going too fast, hit the wall just a little bit. Just a little tap of the wall, and then didn't. He took third place in the qualifying, which is still a good spot, but, you know, it makes a difference. And then Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez. Anyway, when the race started, it was a red flag party. Red flags are waved when something has wrecked someone, maybe a hoss. Maybe it happened a couple times this weekend. Haas wreck. Um, Are you spoiling the Haas track? Actually, on the first lap, I have it written down right here. First lap, Mick Schumacher of the Haas wrecked. Mm. That caused the first red flag. Yes. Second red flag. There were three red flags, which means the cars drive to the pit and they just sit there for like 10 minutes each time. The race took forever. It was awful. There are also lots of yellow flags where the cars stay on the track, but they just drive slowly. They can't pass each other. It's boring. I think that there were more laps under yellow flag than just racing. Anyway, the second lap, they had a standing start. So they lined up again. Everyone was stopped. And then they wave the, they don't wave flag in this. They shut lights off. And then that means go. Yep. But anyway, they kind of had some more pushing and shoving on that then some more people wrecked we had another red flag etc it happened a lot later in the race lewis and max were kind of kind of fighting kind of pushing to get first place it was a tight race it's really coming down to the wire in the driver's cup so they both want to win obviously and max was told by his team managers, hey man, slow down and let Lewis pass because you might have you might have done a little rule breaking back there a little bit. So mm. you can 
either wait and see if the FIA, the stewards, the regulating body of Formula One wants to punish you and make you take a penalty. Or you can be like, oh, okay, I feel, I, I know I kind of was in the wrong there. I'll let the other guy go past. Mm-hmm. So Max's team tells him to let Lewis around. Max slows down and Lewis doesn't pass him. Instead, he hits Max in the butt a little bit takes a little bit of the front wing off of the Mercedes and then yep. just goes about his day. And then he was like, Max just brake checked me and threw a little fit about it. Anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure you have no bias in the telling of this. No story. bias. So we actually, we don't really know. Did Max brake check him? He didn't technically brake check him, but he might've downshift checked him. I don't know. Or maybe Lewis- when you say, so when you say this, basically what you mean is they're not sure if Max intentionally slowed down yes. into Lewis yes, or if he just slowed down to let him go past. And, and then Lewis, Lewis didn't want to didn't, pass because he had DRS. Or just didn't pass him right, right away right. and didn't realize that he was slowing mm-hmm. down into him right. and then they clipped each other well you would think that a seven-time world champion would kind of know when the person in front of them was slowing down but anyway i digress so we don't know whose fault it was well he's not actually a good driver he just has the best car oh okay you're right yeah um there hasn't really been any ruling about it the stewards were going to look into it uh-huh. I, haven't, there, I haven't heard anything about it yep. so right now lewis and max are tied at 269.5 points apiece in the driver's cup it all comes down to next week ladies and gentlemen where's it at it's another abu dhabi, abu dhabi. it's an abu dhabi they're kind of doing the middle east circuit right now yep. unless that's not in the middle east yep i went to public school it is yeah mercedes is still in first in the team standings Haas didn't score any points this week. Oh. Neither of them finished this week. Oh. But one did come in 18th technically because he was knocked out of the race after other people were knocked out of the race. There we go. There we go. Clap it up. Clap up for Haas. Come on. Come on. Yeah, but the race. Didn't wreck as fast as the one guy from Williams. True. The race started at 1130 a.m. Central time for our american listeners yep and didn't get done until 141 central time it was a 50 lap race most races are like 75 laps and it took an obscene amount of time because there was no racing wow oh it was a mess people do not want them to return to that track yeah it was a mess yeah there you go wasn't quite a minute but i did shorten it up a little bit all right um thank you taylor for the f1 minute mm-hmm. um yeah big race coming up this this upcoming weekend yeah one for all the marbles we'll find out who wins it all who will win it all. coming down to the line literally wow the finish line unbelievable that's probably where that saying comes from probably yeah yeah um yeah thanks for that um uh, we'll let's do around a quick round of sports mvp of the week okay um Josh, how about you start us off? Uh, Josh will, and I'll go, and then Taylor will go. Okay. Sports MVP of the week, Dan Campbell, for getting his first win as a head coach in the NFL. Let's go. Clap it up for Dan Campbell. All right, Will, who's your sports MVP of the week? 
Uh, my sports MVP of the week is David Montgomery for being somewhat competent. David Montgomery being somewhat competent. Clap it up. All right. My sports MVP of the week is Syracuse freshman cornerback Deuce Chestnut because his name is Deuce Chestnut. Clap it up for Deuce Chestnut. All right, Taylor, who's your sports MVP of the week? The Formula One safety car because they were out in front for far more laps than any other actual race car. Dang. Clap it up for the safety car. Give the people what they want. More safety car. That's not true. We don't want that. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your your sports MVP of the Mm -hmm. week. Um, We'll move on to our final segment of Uh this Monday Night Live. Will? Will, could you cue us in? It's two takes, guys. It's we've done this all the time now. It's two takes. It's a regular thing. So two takes it is. Oh, really? Is that is that you can give us the classic will? You know what? We need to we need to just record it so you guys can just play it like off of soundboards. So we have to do it every we'll week. Live <laughs> right now, Will. And we'll record this one. Okay. That works. Uh two takes. That was the best one yet. There you go. See how hard was that, Will? A lot harder than you think it was. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll go in the same order. Josh, you want to start us off with a couple takes? Absolutely. All right. So my first take: Iowa basketball is the best seven to two team in the country. Mm. I don't really know how disputable that is, but I'm sure somebody has problems with that. Indisputable. Yeah, to expand on that, I think we're the best two-loss team, period, in the country. Gonzaga sucks. I'll get that out of the way. Um, take them completely out of the top 25. They're, yep. they're done. They're out. They've already lost two very embarrassing losses. Um, so, yeah, I was the best 7-2 team in the country. And my second take um, – the Bears are not as good as everybody thinks they are. We've already touched on this. Josh, who thinks the Bears are good? No one thinks the Bears are good. Aren't you the guy yeah, that had, like, three Bears players in your <laughs> in your NFL MVP race? <laughs> I But I think people tend to think, like, hey, if we had, like, a fully healthy roster, we would actually be, like, a 500 team. I don't think that would be possible. But – yeah, so that's, those are my two takes. Okay, all right, thank you, Josh. Will, hit us with a couple takes. All right, my first take is that the Minnesota Vikings, they deserve to have all of their wins just completely revoked because they lost to the Lions. Fair not enough. Much, not much needs okay. to be said about it, it just, that just needs to happen. I, I believe, uh, do, my, you think that, do you think that they should all just go to the Lions or they just go into No, the- no, they, they just go into the ether. There's just They just disappear. Wow. Every, everyone just keeps – everyone just loses. Just so. five five games just kind of vanish from this season because I think they have five games. Yep. Yeah. yep. The, the teams that the teams, the team that they beat, they still have losses on the record, but the Vikings just don't get those wins. Fair enough. I, I like that. All right. My second take is um, that Iowa will be the worst 11-3 team in America. Oh, my goodness. Uh, including – Including with including all the mid majors that somehow get to eleven and three. Oh, sweet. Um, 
Iowa will definitely be the worst. They will win against Kentucky. He's but picking they us will to win the ball the game, folks. We just lost 42 to 3. That, it, this is Iowa we're talking about. There's You're something so right, win though. this game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like kind of sad even thinking about that. Like, I, it almost makes me sad thinking that they're going to win the bowl game I'm in some ways. In some ways. Because it's like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Just setting me up for pain next year. Yeah. Because I'll be really mm-hmm. excited if they win the bowl game for no reason. Um, okay, sweet. I'll do my two takes. Uh, take number one, Jordan Bohannon should be coming off the bench. Um, it's not entirely an anti-Jordan Bohannon thing, although I've been saying this since like two years ago that I think that he's better suited to come off the bench and just kind of be a guy that comes in for, you know, a five-minute spurt, shoots two, three, four threes in that period. And and then if he's if he's feeling it, you leave him in, let him play a little longer. If he's not feeling it, you take him out and just know it's one of those nights because he has nights where he's really on and he has nights where he's really off. Um, and if he's not hitting threes at high volumes and at high yeah percentages, he's not really helping the team. Also, Tony Perkins is really good. Um, and I think he deserves to start. Um, so yeah, that's take number one. And then take number two is Notre Dame should have been in, in over Georgia, um, from this spicy past take. It's a spicy take in some ways, but honest. Okay. So like, obviously everyone thought Georgia was like head and shoulders above everybody else. But I think that like what their game against Alabama showed is that they've just played a really weak schedule this year. Um, not that like there are other teams that haven't played weak schedules, you know, but I think Georgia hasn't really played a team that can like throw the ball pretty well other than Tennessee and Tennessee's like a barely over 500 level team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've been dominant, like to be fair against almost everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, their best win of the, their best win of the year is like against, a nine and three Clemson team. Um, and they needed a pick six to score more than three points against that team. So yeah, uh, not impressed. Like it's kind of crazy how fast a lot of the narrative around Georgia flipped, but they really are pretty limited on offense when they play a team that has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, and their defense is not as dominant as, People, I mean, believe that they were. They got flat out exposed time and time again. They got no pressure on a bad Alabama offensive line. Um, and their secondary got cooked time and time again. So part of that's Bryce Young was really good too. Um, that's, you know, that's – you have to factor that in. He's clearly the best quarterback that they've played all year. But it doesn't matter how – like if your defense is – truly transcendently good you don't give up that many points to anyone no matter how good they're playing so um yeah georgia and i think notre dame's actually been really good i think notre dame is you know i i I don't i i don't really know what i would think if you put notre dame versus georgia straight up like who would actually win but like i the the fact that i'm even not 100 percent sure how that would go is kind of kind of illustrates uh how damaging that game on saturday was for georgia um, I just think that Notre Dame's coming in playing better than Georgia has most, re- most recently, but yeah, kind of a spicy take, but I can understand why you wouldn't agree with me, but 
Yeah, I think Notre Dame has been playing better than Georgia lately, which is which seems ridiculous to say if you would have said that seven days ago. But yeah, Taylor, two takes. Two takes. Well, to preface this take, I saw a tweet this weekend with a picture of the Fox like sports football broadcast team, and it's all men because they're all former athletes or coaches you know and Mm -hmm. someone a woman quote tweeted it and was like this is a problem with sports it's this is only old men and i disagree with that take my hot my not so hot take because everyone knows that this is true except for women who are making it up to themselves to make themselves feel good Former athletes make better announcers than a token woman that you just stick in there for the sake of having a woman. I'm not saying the women can't know about sports. I'm not saying the women can't have eloquent sports takes. Here I am. You've heard my podcast. (laughs) You all know I'm an excellent sports broadcaster, Mm -hmm. but I'm not better than the three men with me who are all former, former athletes. Or current athletes, I guess, when we squad up to play our yearly turkey bowl that we haven't played yet. But yep. the, the former players, like all Americans, mm-hmm. they know the sport. They know the teams. They know a lot of the coaches and the players on the teams. They, they're going to have good takes. They're going to do a good job. You don't have to like stick a woman in there and then like she literally just becomes a token woman just yep. to check a box, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my hot take. And then my second hot take is if I'm kind of a middling team that's made a bowl, I want the bowl game with the weirdest name. If I'm not in a New Year's Six Bowl, forget all the other ones. Give me something strange because mm. there's always something fun or interesting that happens during games like the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yep. Or the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Iconic. Or the, I haven't seen this one before, but the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Yep. And then Guaranteed. Of course, the famous Duke's Mayo Bowl. Don't forget the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl, I, that one, it's kind of been around for a while. Yeah. It doesn't woo me like some of the some of the newer sure. wild ones, you know? Sure. But just think of the think of the clothing that you can take away. If your team goes to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, yeah. you forever get this item. It's like Iowa Hawkeyes, winner of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Oh, and sure. you just get to like live with that. I you think, know? I think part of our bowl preview is i'm going to look up the swag that Mm. the bulls give to every player Uh because every bowl has like their own like swag package that they give to each team yeah and like what they do and some of them are just like like the duke's mayo bowl i'm pretty sure they actually just give mayo it better only be mayo but yeah well i'll do a little i'll do a little investigative reporting Uh for, for that so you know being an iowa guy and a podcasting guy. Yep. And a guy that's going to comment on swag bags that athletes get for free. 
you're sounding quite a bit like Jordan Bohannon right now, honey. Yeah, well, I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan, yeah. of, I'm a fan of NIL. Yeah. So if, if Jordan Bohannon's a fan of NIL, he's got an ally in me. I'm a fan of the players. I'm a fan of the kids. He's still a kid for one more year somehow. He's really – For one more this year. This man's probably not one even on his parents' for insurance one, anymore. For one more year. For okay. one more year. He's actually our age. So well, I'm old, so yeah, he needs to graduate already, just like me. Yeah, I'm a fan of the sport. I root for the kids. What's best for the athletes? A bag if that full means of a bag fat, yeah, bag full of deodorant. If that means a bag full of mayo. He's gonna complain about it. I'm not just gonna like complain. Jordan Bohannon. I'm not gonna oh, complain okay. about it. Well, Jordan Bohannon would. Well, we can have a separate discussion. Okay, all right. This. I don't want to talk about Jordan Bohannon anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, before we head out for the night, thank you for those takes, Taylor. I just think it's relevant to make a quick announcement that heading into the into the fourth quarter, the Patriots are beating the Bills eleven to ten, and Mac Jones has still thrown only one pass all game, and the Patriots are about to score another touchdown. So. Wow. Um, He's too cold. Look at him. He is He's literally shivering, pointing out. He is clearly play. a kid who grew up in the South. Yeah. Um, oof. Oof. So, Destroyed. yeah, um, he proving that he definitely deserves to be offensive rookie of the year. I'm sure it's not the rest of the team making him look good. Yeah, uh, he is. He is one of one for 12 yards. So that's, you know, who's not mm-hmm. out here struggling? The Iowa. He actually, he actually has a passer rating of 116.7, which is pretty good. So, uh, for all the Pat Jones fans, um, use this as another example of like a, you know, I can't wait till we get like a Mac Jones is on like a two game streak of 100 plus Mm -hmm. passer rating and he threw one pass tonight. So he might be okay. Hold on before we end it. This might be a chance where he throws his second pass. Okay. It's third and long, third and goal. So they're going to run it. We'll see. We'll see. They're on the 20, so I don't think that they will, but maybe they will. If Brian Ferentz is calling the plays. What's AJ's? Definitely around. 57. Okay. All right. Live, live reaction to this play. Does Mac Jones throw a pass? No. And nope, no. they handed it off. I told you. Made the tackle. It kind of looked like he threw maybe a, a two-inch pass. That's the closest he came to, to throwing a pass on that drive. Yeah. Chest. He he took two steps also known and as handed a handoff. Yeah. So, yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that live live uh, reaction and for listening to the rest of the pod. That's our that's our edition of Monday Night Live for this week. We'll we'll be back next week.